Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Hal Lublin here from the Nation of Conversation as a thank you for bearing with us through our first Max Fun Drive and showing such great support for our show. We decided to provide you all with this bonus episode centered around what else? WrestleMania. You'll hear our producer Julian Burrell chat with SB Nation writer Charlotte Wilder, who wrote a great article about her experience watching WrestleMania as a complete wrestling outsider. Then you're going to hear our friend and frequent guest Lindsay Kelk chat with some great current wrestlers, including Seth Rollins, Callisto, Alexa Bliss, and more. Again, we're blown away by the support you guys showed Tights and Fights in the drive, and hope this is a satisfying thank you. So with that being said, let's get to it. For many, WrestleMania season activates nostalgia. We kind of look back on our most memorable wrestling moments from our childhoods to get ready for this year's big event. But for Charlotte Wilder, WrestleMania 33 was the first wrestling show she'd ever seen. She documented her experience for the website SB Nation, and it quickly went viral. Charlotte Wilder joins me on the line now. Uh, welcome to Tights and Fights. It's good to have you here. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Julian. I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of the wrestling world this week. <laughs> Definitely. We're happy to have you here as well. And, and just so I'm clear, that was your first wrestling show wrestling anything that you've ever watched right yeah i had never seen a single second of pro wrestling before in my life and it's not even you know sometimes people will do these things and be like oh i've never seen wrestling like you know and they might have seen like one or two clips before i had literally never seen and the only remotely close thing to wrestling i'd seen was when donald trump shaved vince mcmahon's head right. like <laughs> 10 years ago when that resurfaced that was a very oddly prophetic thing that's uh, something of a sore spot of many wrestling fans but oh, <laughs> luckily God, this one was <laughs> luckily there will be much fewer uh, uh, political repercussions of this year's wrestlemania so if you hadn't ever gotten a chance to tune in why did you decide to tune in now what kind of piqued your interest to make you tune in this year so our wrestling um one of our wrestling editors actually asked me to do this i recapped the bachelor um and I also recapped Airbud recently, which I had never watched before. <laughs> and I've sort of invented this like weird genre of writing where I watch something or experience something and, and sort of record my notes in real time. So I have right. the raw reaction. Nice. Um, and then afterwards, I'll, I'll go streamline it and tell a story and figure out like, okay, here are the greater overarching themes and takeaways. Where can I put those in so that they'll, um, you know, add something to it rather than just this happened and then that happened. Um, and because I'd never seen WrestleMania, um, our editor Mark thought it would be funny if I did it. And um, I just sort of, I was like, yeah, sure. I just like buckled up and, and off I went. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And um, you're so you tune into WrestleMania and the um, you know the scene comes up and it's the big stadium full of wrestling fans. What was it that first kind of struck you as you're as you're tuning into this? I think how huge it was. It's mm -hmm. massive. I mean, yeah. the runway or the walkway or whatever it was where they make their entrances was like a hundred yards. It was like the size of a football field itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, there are just all these people there and and the spectacle of it. It, it reminded me of gladiators. It reminded me <laughs> of some the Colosseum, like this Roman spectacle where I had no idea what to expect. But I, I was just I was blown away by the presence of it, of of its majesty in a way. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that ramp. I actually felt a little bad for all those guys as they, some of them are like, you know, you've got, I think Naomi does like the dance down the ramp. You've got the Undertaker who does the incredibly slow walk. I'm like, man, that's, they didn't run this by them at all or consider that maybe there would be an easier way to get down there. Right. Was anyone like, hey, uh, are you cool walking for like 10 years before you get to your fight or? They're all like, and especially Cena, Cena's gassed because he does the sprint out there. He has to sprint for 80 yards before he gets into the ring. Everyone's like, wait, I thought the wrestling was the workout, not the getting there. (laughs) So after you take in the big stadium scene, it's it's time to get down to some of the matches. Um, Mm -hmm. Are are you paying attention at all to the good guy, bad guy dynamics of it? Or or did they do a good enough job of setting that up so an outsider like you could completely understand what was going on? No, I actually, I don't think they did. <laughs> I, I had no idea who I was supposed to like and who I wasn't supposed I knew who I did like and I knew who I didn't like. Um, I yeah, wasn't was sure that? I was supposed to like AJ Styles, but I really liked AJ Styles. Um, right. I, I loved Charlotte. I, I think I'm supposed to like her. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really couldn't stand. Oh, I loved Enzo and Cass. Um but I really, I, I didn't, who didn't I like? I hate Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is a dick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I had, I really was not totally sure where my rooting interests were supposed to be, but I kind of liked that I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting because, you know, I, whenever, you know, I hear one of the WWE folks kind of doing a little bit of a, like they'll go on the Today Show or something and the people on the Today Show do not watch wrestling. So they have to explain kind of what goes down for them. And they right. kind of just say, oh, yeah, you know, it's a good guy and it's a bad guy. They get in a ring and then and then people cheer for the good guy. They they boo the bad guy and then one of them wins. So I, I think it's kind of interesting that if that's the principle that, that you st- that it was still kind of hard for someone who, you know, was a newcomer who I'm sure WWE loves newcomers. They would love to have more of them. They right. still couldn't follow it like seamlessly. I wonder if that's yeah. I wonder if that's a problem. No, that's a that's a great point because when I went into it, everyone was like, "Oh, they're heels and faces, and the heels are the bad guy, and the faces are the good guys." And I really couldn't tell you who was supposed to be which a lot of the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, everyone just seemed a little bit nuts in like a very compelling way. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, was there a particular match that made you kind of like get what all the fans were there to see? Was there something where you're like, "Oh, wow, yeah, I see the appeal now." I understand why this has like a 50 plus year history of the wwe and so on absolutely i mean i think the match between aj and shane i think that was the first one they showed yeah um when he smashes his face in with a trash can and they're flipping (laughs) off the ropes and like the athleticism of it was insane but also i just bought into these characters and yeah i i was i you know, the first one I was like, whoa, okay, I get that. I, I see why people are so enthralled. I thought the women's match that between Charlotte, Nia Jax, Bailey, and um, Sasha, is that the yeah. other one? Yeah, you got I it. I thought that was beautiful. I mean, I thought it was really impressive how they told that story and sort of made them gang up on Nia Jax because that was the only way they'd get rid of her. And Right. I uh, I also thought that, like, the um, the the cult leader dude bray wyatt right bray wyatt why bray it <laughs> why bray it? 
<laughs> That's Whatever his new nickname if it isn't already. <laughs> all of them sort of showed me different aspects of it. Um, you know, like all of the interpersonal narratives where you had, you know, John Cena and Nikki Bella, the the romantic relationship, where you had the best friends, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, where you had the, you know, the disciple in, in the cult who burned the other guy's house down. I mean, there were the key takeaway to me was like, here are these human narratives playing out where you can just let your most visceral reaction play out. You know, you can't beat up your best friend when they betray you, but Kevin Owens can beat up his for you and you can (laughs) watch it. You can't beat up Um, the guy who desecrates the grave of your sister in real life, but you can do that in wrestling clearly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's (laughs) one where I think that you could probably do it in real life. Um, (laughs) No, but I mean, even, even just the fact that there's like a cult leader and he was married to a witch and everyone's just like, hell yeah, let's do this. I was like, whoa, you you have to suspend disbelief in the most impressive way. I I loved it. (laughs) And uh, when you talk about the suspension of disbelief, I feel like there's nobody who encourages more suspension of belief than The Undertaker, who um, for everyone, I guess, who has a history with WrestleMania, it, like him retiring ostensibly this year just felt weird. Like just knowing that he was that this guy who like just a constant throughout the WWE is going to be gone now. What did yeah. you think about that moment? Like, did you, were you feeling things as he's, as he's putting his gloves and his hat away for the last time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wrote this in the recap. I felt very much like an imposter. I felt like mm-hmm. I was at a funeral. I was not supposed to be at, or, or I was watching someone, go through something that was very moving for a lot of people that I just could not understand the magnitude of. Yeah. Um, and yet I was still, I was still pretty, I was sad. I was like, Whoa, here's this guy, you know, undertaker. I didn't know what he looked like, but I knew that was a wrestling <laughs> dude yeah. um, before WrestleMania. And I was like, wow, this is a pretty big implications for the sport, you know, like yeah. here's the grandfather of everything. And, um, He's not going to be around. And I think for a lot of people, wrestling seems to me very based in nostalgia and like what they watched when they were a kid. And this felt probably like the end of an era to people, I would imagine. And it was really interesting to sort of hop in and have the first thing I saw feature that moment. Definitely, definitely. And I got to know, the guy who beat uh, Undertaker is Roman Reigns. He gets um, Mm -hmm. as varied a response as anybody else. I mean, I've seen... When I went to live shows, kids just erupt for this guy because he's super cool. And I've seen mm-hmm. full-grown men boo him as if he was a guy who kicked their dog on the way to the arena or something. <laughs> what did you think of it as somebody who was seeing him for the first time and seeing him in what effectively was the most important match of his career? I think what's interesting to me about Roman Reigns is that he very much seemed like a blank slate to me. Like he... Here he's big and strong and attractive, and I didn't really know that much about him. Like I didn't mm-hmm. get any sense of his personality. So, you know, when you say he gets a varied response, I think that probably makes a lot of sense because you can project whatever you want onto him. Like, sure, you can hate him if you want, but there's no real reason, and you can love him if you want, but there is no real reason for that either. So, mm. I just saw him as sort of a a dude who was there to play a role, and I. And as far as I could tell, that role was to take down The Undertaker. And so without The Undertaker, I don't know what he's going to do or how they're going to evolve him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're going to have to see what that happens. Uh, I think everybody's curious to see how that plays out in the next few weeks. Um, But one thing I'm kind of curious about is when you're watching the matches, would you say that you were more 
I guess taken with the theatricality of it, like with the, you know, like Triple H coming in on like a, a three wheeled cycle, the mm-hmm. police escort, like, you know, the big grand, like, let's have some fun with this. Or would you say you were more drawn into the matches themselves with the uh, athleticism and whatnot? I think both. I think, I mean, my favorite part was the entrances. Like when right. Triple H showed up, I thought I was going to go kick down a door. I got so amped. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like I was high the entire time. Um, <laughs> But and I was not for the record. Um, <laughs> would have been even more I, fun in that case. Oh God, I think I would have. I don't know what I, I would have lost my mind. I would not have been able to handle it. Um, <laughs> it, it was such a rush as it was. But um, I think that I liked the matches. Um, I think some of them got long and tiring. Um, I yeah. liked it when they were sort of quick and fast paced and over fairly quickly and had hmm. a, had a you know real evolution i didn't like when they just like yeah. kept beating each other up i couldn't watch seth rollins i i watched it with my hand over my eyes as his knee was hurt oh uh, um, yeah the the excess violence did bother me a little bit yeah. i actually did have some trouble watching it um but i'm also like not great with violence in general um yeah luckily they've toned that down in the last decade yeah i mean and there were other matches where it didn't affect me at all and where i could tell that it was much more um controlled yeah but yeah, I, I I liked it all. I think that you can't have one without the other, and that yeah. makes both the theatrics and the entrances and the storylines as important as the wrestling because the wrestling is the reason we're there. So it all kind of fits together. Definitely, definitely. And um, I mean, we, as we've kind of run down the list of some of the coolest guys that were at this show and ostensibly at WWE's biggest show, you would think that their biggest stars would be out in force. Uh, mm-hmm. Which wrestler did you come out of this event uh, appreciating the most? Um, oh, that's a good question. Probably, I loved Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. I loved both of them. I was like, hmm. here are these two like fifty year fifty year old dudes just still doing this. Um, <laughs> I got such a kick out of it. I also loved Charlotte, but that's because <laughs> we have the same name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to. You can just project yourself on the ring every time she does something awesome. That's you. Seriously, right? I wanted her outfit so badly. I, I was like, maybe <laughs> I should get into this. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Brock and Goldberg. Like, I know a lot of people were kind of down, like, oh, get these part timers out of the WWE, let them do this. But I'm always kind of reminded every time I think something like that that like. I watched my dad because um, Goldberg came back uh, late last year uh, to challenge Brock Lesnar, and my dad is a total Goldberg stan. He loves Goldberg. Oh, yeah? Like he like he forgets that he's watching a worked sport when he watches Goldberg in the ring. Like he was, he <laughs> jumped up and down the first time Goldberg beat Brock. It's, it was amazing that I've just got to remind myself that, you know, everybody, everybody falls in love with different things whenever they watch these characters. Yeah, totally. No, I, I think it was funny because they reminded me of like my, you know, your hockey coach, your, your friend's you know your friend's dad's best yeah. friend who's like hanging around weirdly and you're like all right well it's goldberg so <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and just uh so you so you saw this match and excuse me you saw this uh this event wrestlemania 33 and you decided you were going to write up a um the article or you excuse me I mean, rephrase that. That sounds a little funny that you just, you know, <laughs> happen to be watching this and decided to write an article. Um, so you watch WrestleMania 33 and um, you wrote out your thoughts um, in your blog that was on SB Nation. 
Uh, it yeah. went viral over the over the throughout the week. Um, what sort of response from the wrestling community have you gotten so far? I've been so moved, Julian. I can't even tell you. I I have not received a single negative comment, and that is very rare for the internet. Um, people, <laughs> especially for I wrestling think, fans. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't realize. Everyone was like, "This is weird that they're being nice to you." Um, but I think that from the emails I've gotten, from the tweets people have sent me, it's been like you know. They felt that I approached the sport with an open mind, um, yeah. which to me was funny because I was like, well, how else would you approach something you've never seen before? But I think yeah. that there is a real stigma about wrestling that yeah. people, you know, why would grown people watch something make believe? And I'm like, oh, why yeah. is, how is this different from any sport? Like, sure, I think that wrestling, because it's scripted, like you don't know what's going to happen in a football game. And ostensibly, you know what's going to happen in a wrestling match if you yeah. ask someone. Yeah. But I think that there's still this incredible escapism. And that's all any of us really ever want to do when we're entertained. You know, we want to be taken somewhere. We want to feel something. We want to remember the the past matches, the past games, the past experiences, the past people we watch these things with. Definitely. And I was honestly just very moved that you have people who are willing to enter this, you know, violent, whimsical world um, <laughs> and and own that. And I I was very glad that that came across in the work and that um, that people picked up on that and that I could, for some people, validate that. I think that was that was really important to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, you know, it's, it. you know, I always hear people like try to correct someone when they t talk about wrestling of like, you know, that's fake. Right. And my, my latest response to that is, well, have you like kind of, have you looked at the world lately? I think that the, that wrestling is actually a lot more real than the real world <laughs> is at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least wrestling has rules that make sense. The real world has no rules and doesn't make any sense, especially lately. Right. I mean, we've gone through the looking glass politically and so i think that if there's anything that you can cling to you know why the hell not yeah exactly so my final question for you uh do you plan on continuing to watch wrestling i mean uh you know you've, you've already dove right into the biggest event of the year yeah. you're gonna keep up with it a little bit well so i wasn't going to at all like I, I was like okay i'll write this and then you know move on do whatever um and I've had so many people write me and ask me to keep writing about it that it seems like it would be a real missed opportunity. Clearly, I'm like decent <laughs> at doing this for whatever God knows what reason. Um, <laughs> but I think that I'll probably, yeah, I'll hop in for the big pay-per-views. I think I might try to go actually to SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 15 minutes from my apartment walking. So I was like, yeah. well, guess I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I think sort of whenever I'm moved to do so, I'll probably I'll probably hop back in because I really like this little world and I like the community. And I'm so honored by the reception that I feel like it would be rude not to keep showing up to the party. Yeah, definitely. And I got a recommendation for you. Uh, if you're going to uh, con you're, you say you've got SummerSlam that's a few minutes away from your uh, from your apartment over over in uh, At Brooklyn. Barclays, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I got a recommendation for you that you might want to also, I don't know what your budget looks like, but if it's a toss up and you have the ability to, you might want to check out TakeOver, uh, the NXT WWE's developmental show that they put on the night before Ooh. because, yeah, you'll actually, you'll see, I, I think tickets will actually be a little bit cheaper because technically it's like fewer, lesser star power, but the okay. matches are tend to be much better and the crowds tend to buy in 
um, wholly and completely whenever they watch a takeover event. It is it's a fascinating thing to watch people. You're not going to see any like anybody kind of booing people that they aren't supposed to boo or cheering people that just trying to get themselves over. You're going to see a lot of fun happening at a takeover event. <laughs> awesome. I would definitely do that. Thank you for the suggestion. All right. I definitely can't wait to hear your <laughs> thoughts on wrestling more as your, as your journey continues. Um, Charlotte Wilder is a writer for SB Nation. Her recent piece detailing her first journey through the wrestling world is up now. We'll have a link to it on our show page at MaximumFun.org. Charlotte, thanks so much for taking the time. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I'm I'm honored to have been accepted. <laughs> so thank thank you very much for for talking about it with me. Up next, a few weeks ago, Lindsay Kelk asked you guys for some questions that you'd like to ask the current WWE roster from when she went to Orlando for WrestleMania, and now we're happy to share these conversations with you. First, the architect Seth Rollins. We asked our Facebook group if they had any questions for you. Well, there you go. They did. All they right. had a ton. I'm sure um, they did. Some are good questions. Some are interesting questions. All so right. we're just going to shoot until the lady behind me tells me to stop. Sounds good. So Joshua May wants to know, have you changed as a performer since opening your school? And is there anything that you feel like you've learned from your students? Um, yeah, it's been an, an, an enlightening experience training kids. You know, um, these are people... These are very, very much millennials, very much people born in the 90s and, and almost the 2000s now, which is, uh, yeah, 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 you're shuddering and I'm the same way. Um, so it's just interesting to see from that perspective how they see our business, you know, and uh, I have become the old timey, uh, you know, curmudgeonly old man. Uh, I'm the guy that tells them all the things they don't want to hear. Uh, but it's also been enlightening because I, in a sense I've been able to take myself back to when I was 18, 19, 20 years old and what my mindset was because yeah. I, I thought the same as they think, you know. And so for me to see how they operate reminds me of how I was and it also gives me a nice perspective on what it takes to, uh, to, to, to make yourself a success in that realm, in the independent realm, as opposed to what I'm doing here, because yeah. a lot of times I'm trapped in a bubble, you know? We, we work so much here in WWE that it's hard for me to, to see what else is going on on the outside, so they, they give me a little breath of fresh air sometimes. Um, so Hal Loblin wants to know, if you could change or rebook one WrestleMania match in all of history, which one would it be? Lesnar and Undertaker. That, you're not the first person to say that. I mean, that. that's an easy yeah. one. I, I, I'm, <laughs> Everyone uh, wants that streak back. Yeah, I, I, I wanted. I never have Wrestle. I never have him lose at WrestleMania ever. Fair. Never. I won't ask you about this year. I, I, you can ask me all about it. I tell. I'd say he should be Roman. I don't think he should ever lose. But now that the seal is broken, I guess you know <laughs> where it rains it pours. Haha. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's good. That's smart. Uh, so Ian Michael wants to know, if you could be in the crowd for any classic match, which match would it be? Um, man, you know what? Probably Hogan Andre from uh, WrestleMania three, just because that was such a, from my childhood, um, that was such a crazy moment. Seeing that on tape um, was awesome. Either Hogan Andre or Hogan Warrior from WrestleMania six. Those were both huge moments in history, you know, Hogan slamming Andre and, and changing the guard there, and also the the uh, you know Warrior beating Hogan at WrestleMania was just huge. So those two changing the guard moments were, were pretty awesome to watch on videotape as a as a kid. So it would have been awesome to be there and see those. Uh, so we know you love music. 
Uh, what's your favorite entrance music of all time and least favorite entrance music of all time? Shoot, there's probably a bunch of terrible entrance music that I can't even recall. Um, my favorite ones are either probably either Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan, Real American. Um, I also really liked Razor Ramones. <laughs> entrance theme was really good for some reason. Least favorite. Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be like a diva. Like, Ivory probably had terrible entrance music or something like that. Because some of them... Uh, maybe, I think Layla had really bad entrance Layla's music. Layla's was not up to Layla's standards. Yeah, Layla's was... not was, lay cool. It was not lay cool, yeah. It was lay bad. Um, <laughs> lame. Lame, yeah. But uh, I'm sure there's too many probably to even think about. That's fair. Uh, Brendan Creasy wants to know how Kevin's doing. Kevin is fantastic. He loves your dog. Kevin is home with his mother, and he's enjoying himself. We also want to check in on Daryl because it's only fair. Big D, yeah, Big D's uh, he's kicking it as well. We got him a sitter for the week, so he's he's probably nervous because he's in a new house for the first time in his life. But uh, he'll be all right. He'll he'll hang in. It's great. So if New Day has Francesco the trombone and Jack Gallagher has William the umbrella, what do you have and what is it called? I I, I mean at, at this point I've got you know Billy the crutch. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I. That's I've never had a. Uh, it's a good weapon. Yeah, I mean, well, trust me, I know <laughs> uh, from experience. But yeah, it's. I don't have any. I don't have any props. I think the crutch is the only prop I've ever had. So would you uh, keep I it? Would I you trade it in for anything else if you could? Um, I guess I had the Money in the Bank briefcase for quite a long time, but Did I you never. Name I it? never gave it gave it a name. But it, I guess you know it has to leave. Yeah, it's hard to name something. Yeah, you knew it was gone from the beginning. Uh, Daniel wants to know he's nearing 30 and he feels like his hardcore dancing days are well and truly over is he lame or is he making the right decision no he's 100% making the right decision Uh, you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else and if you're 30 you're probably working on getting a family together you know you do do it for the kids for the kids Uh, Jay Karen wants to know this is a left field but apparently this will solve a a lifelong bet for him Uh, do you know what Roman Reigns' favorite kind of soup is that's a terrible bet, uh, and the answer is no, I don't know. No. I mean, I figure we could try and ask him, but he's been around. He's been busy. Is he a soup guy? Uh, no, no, no. He is a soup guy, especially yeah. on European tours. They have great soups. That's soups, just going to stoke the fire now. They're just really going to want to But I don't know. know if he has a preference. I don't know if it, what his favorite soup is. We'll try and find that out. Uh, and then the last question, if a dog were to wear pants, I don't know if Kevin wears pants. Some people have told us that dog wear pants. Which way would he wear his pants? A or B? Uh, I go with B. I like the I like the hind leg pants. I don't like the all four legs. I think that's silly. That's I I I want to th- I like to think of my dogs as people. Yes. And so that one he's going on the hind legs, not not stupid dog pants like that. Yep. Really appreciate it. Thank Good you. Good luck. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Now former United States champion and NXT tag champion Callisto. <laughs> uh, we start with Hal. Hal Lublin wants to know if you could change one WrestleMania match in history, what would it be? Wow. If I can change one WrestleMania history, I would say my favorite moment, uh, it was WrestleMania 17, The Rock versus Stone Cold. I would love to see The Rock winning, actually, instead of Stone Cold. Because uh, I know Vince McMahon was a part of it, of the whole reason why Stone Cold won. I would love to see, actually, The Rock win. You know, take that moment away from Stone Cold Steve Austin. That would have been great. Uh, and if you could have been in the crowd for any classic match, which match would it be? Oh, man. 
know. Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. I would have loved to be there. Yeah. Uh, so the next question would be, if New Day has Francesca, the trombone, mm-hmm. Jack Gallagher has uh, William the Umbrella. Okay. What would you have and what would its name be? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, would, I would probably say a guitar because I, uh, I love playing guitar and I love, I love to practice every now and then. Do you need a guitar? Or? Um, I would say guitarrito. <laughs> guitarrito. Up next is former tag champ Titus O'Neil. Just seeing everybody, you know, it's the one time a year where you literally see the entire WWE family and you see faces you haven't seen for almost a year, especially with the brand split now. Uh, I would say that would be the biggest thing. So Hal Loveland wants to know, if you could change one WrestleMania match in history, what would it be? If you could rebook any finish in any match, what would it be? Uh, it would probably be uh, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather, I'd, I'd much rather see The Undertaker Street. Ian Michael wants to know, if you could be in the crowd for any classic match, which match would it be? I would probably say The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels first one and The Rock versus Hogan. Which wrestler smells the best? Smells the best? Smells the best. And that would be me. Yeah, that's easy. You're listening to friend of the show Lindsay Kelk chat with some of today's WWE wrestlers. Up next is one of my personal favorites, Five Feet of Fury herself. Alexa Bliss. How did you get started in wrestling? Ooh, I had watched it growing up my entire life. And after college, you know, I my trainer, I was training in bodybuilding, mentioned that WWE was having a tryout because he knew I was such a big fan. And I was like, I was at boot camp and I was like, what? Really? And so I went online and I saw this application. It says, do you want to be a WWE superstar? And I said, yes, I do. So I clicked on the link, uh, made a video, sent it in, thinking nothing would come of it. I got a call saying that... I had made it to a casting call in LA for a, for one day and they were going to bring all these girls in and then if you make it past the casting call you get to train in the ring for 30 days. So I go to LA, I walk in, there's all these like models, like 6 foot like real beautiful women and I text my mom. I was like, "Well, this isn't happening. I'm not getting it." And um I did my interview. I get a call the next day on the flight home saying that I had made it to the next part of the tryout, the 30 days. I was so excited. Um, And then a week after that, I got a call again saying I'm not going to the 30-day tryout. And my heart just, like, sank. I was like, what? And then he was like, we're just going to sign you, and you're moving to Orlando. Just hope you're as athletic as you look. And I was like, well, that's (laughs) not intimidating. Um, And so that's kind of how I got into it. Like, I, I... it was one of those things that just kind of really lucked out. Like everything just kind of fell into place in my favor. Yeah. Do you have advice uh, for any girls who want to get started and don't know where to go? Absolutely. You know, there's, I didn't know that there were wrestling schools when I was, you know, looking into this because I, my whole focus in my life was cheer and gymnastics and college and, you know, so there's wrestling schools that you can train at, you know, a lot of WWE superstars have them. Um, you know, the one bit of advice I always give is something Sarah Mato always gave me, and it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yep. And it's a day-by-day thing. And, you know, there's times where I felt like I couldn't do it. You know, I was like, this is too much. It's not for me. My body can't, you know, I'm not as good as everybody else. And you just have to stick with it. And it's a day-by-day thing. So one of our listeners wanted to know, how many hidden Mickeys have you found so far at Disney World? Oh, so 
I've kind of cheated at it though, okay? Because I had friends who worked at the park and they kind of showed me where the hidden Mickeys were. But there were some that I found on my own, like on the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. I found the hidden Mickey in the in the stonework. Um, I found the hidden Mickey in LA when I went, or in Anaheim when I went for the first time. We were in line to see Mickey, and there is the way the bricks are tiled. There's a hidden Mickey in them, and I know and. On my WrestleMania kick pads, there might be one on there, too. If you could rebook any one WrestleMania match from the history of WrestleMania, what would it be? Ooh. One of my favorite WrestleMania matches was probably the second time Rock and Cena had a match, so I would probably rebook that. How would you fix that one? How would you change, change the matchup? I'd have some, like, swerves, you know what I mean? Like, I'd have someone come down, interfere, you know, and maybe Triple H and, like, just throw everyone in the mix, and then it just becomes this big, giant mix of all these amazing superstars and just let them go at it. Um, If you could be in the crowd for any one match at WrestleMania in past, I would say present, but you're going to be in WrestleMania, but if you could be in the crowd for any match that's gone by, which one would it have been? Ooh. Well, I was in I was in the audience for Undertaker and Brock when the streak ended. Me too. And I feel like that would be my pick anyway. But I love that match because when the streak ended, you saw a stadium of eighty thousand people go silent, and that's never happened before. And I that I will never change that as my moment that I would like to see again. And finally, let's hear from former Raw tag champs Cesaro and Sheamus. Francis Donato wants to know, how is tag life compared to singles work? It's a, it's a different dynamic, obviously, but it's fun. It's a fun time. It's, uh, you, yeah, you just share the load. Yeah, you do that, and you have to be around your tag partner all the time, which you know can be fun or not. Yeah, and you, get, you, know, you build a friendship, you know what I mean? Yeah, or not. Friendship or of, not. Or not. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good. I, I'm enjoying. It. I've never ever saw myself as a tag team wrestler, but uh, the late, I never was never saw myself as being tag team champion. But because of this up ahead here, uh, we went on. We won. Uh, we beat. We knocked New Day after whatever yeah. 700 yeah. year. Uh, you go run. again. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna do it again. And we're gonna do it again on Sunday. Amazing. How do you feel about the ladder? Introduction. I love that. Well, I ask, uh, you should ask him that with the 17, with, with the with the 17 stitches on his head. He got a ladder lumped into my face there on Monday night, but it's, it all adds to it, you know. Paul Loblin wants to know if you could change one WrestleMania match in history, what would you do? What match would I rebook? Any match. Miz and Miz and Cena at WrestleMania 27. That's a really hard question. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Can you ask me that question? Uh, after after this year's no, I don't know. <laughs> Miz and Cena WrestleMania 27. That's a good answer. Okay. Uh, so if you could be in the crowd, Ian Michael wants to know if you could be in the crowd for any classic match, what match would that be? WrestleMania six. 10. You're in six. You're in ten. Yeah. Why? Razor Ramon show Michael Slater match Owen and Brett. Yeah. Six for me was was big because right? was war, that, Warrior against Hogan. That was ten, right? Was Owen six. and Brett. Oh, and, 10, yeah. and, and, and the ladder match was yeah. 10, right? Yeah, yeah. Six weeks for me, because Warrior Hogan. It was like, I was a big Warrior fan. A lot of people in my class were Hogan fans. It was two good guys going against each other. And uh, I was on the winning side with Warrior. So it was, it was a cool moment. Joe Zantek wants to know, Cesaro, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, chocolate. Chocolate? Chocolate or caramel. Uh, Move and pick, Swiss brand. And Hal Loblin wants to know, who's your favorite host on Tights and Fights? You, you. Thank you. That's the correct answer. 
That does it for this bonus episode of Tights and Fights. If you want to keep up with us all week long, head to facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter. The full show's back next Thursday with even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.